0: Hi, I'm Arlen Walker, and I'm live from Pelham's Wasteland, and today I've I've got essentially two episodes that I'm going to do back-to-back, both of them about the games that I was involved in over the past couple of days. This episode is going to be about the games that I played in over the weekend, so the Friday night game and the Saturday morning game and the Sunday afternoon game that I played in, um, all of which were great fun, all of which were run by um, Kevin Madison, the the dungeon muser. We had a great time. So, yeah, I'm going to sort of talk about my thoughts about those games. And then I'm going to do a second episode about the games that I ran. So you'll have to stay tuned for both of those. So the first game to talk about is the Friday Evening one where we were playing the Beneath the Boneyard campaign Kevin has set up. He's taken the um, most recent Pathfinder first edition adventure path and adapted it in some ways so that we can play Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea, and I have a a Paladin sagramore in it. Um, And we have been going through the Scriptorium, of Saligara, who Saligara was replaced with Mrs. Pettypalp. And we were basically tasked with going and dealing with Mrs. Pettypalp for Saligara. So that Saligara would give us this stamp so that we would be able to um, go on and get out of undead land. Um, Anyway, it um, it was a wild session. I mean, it started out with us with no magic weapons fighting these enchanted scrolls that couldn't be damaged normally um, with regular weapons. And so we kept slashing at them and hurting them and they were putting the hurt on us pretty badly. And we ended up blasting them with fire and um, defeating them. But we were taken way down. We realized that we needed to rest, but we we basically knew that if we um, rested, we would be in trouble because the last time we had rested, we had gone into this nightmare zone and been attacked. So we kind of knew that was what was going to happen. So we, we decided, okay, you know what? No sense in prolonging the inevitable. So we rested, went into the nightmare zone, fought off some of these, uh, weird, the, the night gaunts, these kind of gargoyle demon dream creatures. Um, if I remember, my character, Sagamore, got seriously messed up by them um, in the dream and then recovered some of that health when we got out of the dream. Um, so then we pressed forward into the the Tower of Mrs. Pettypalp, the kind of last stage of the scriptorium, and ended up fighting the Night for real this time. Um, so that was, that was, it was a, a great kind of turnabout when we got to finally kind of fight them and do some real damage and kill them off and that sort of stuff. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, and then we went up to fight Mrs. Pettypalp and I don't remember all the details of the fight, but it was a, a long and complicated and brutal fight with a lot of pretty rough magical effects going on, on all of our characters, um my character Sagramore at one point got enlarged. So he was like 10 feet tall, but then he got blasted with like dazzling or something. And so he, um, was unconscious or semi-conscious or something. And then he ended up attacking Mrs. Pettypalp's like dream machine type thing and, um, destroying it and kind of throwing her off balance enough so that our, Uh, Berserker Larissa could go in and attack her and kill her and she was like an old lady that was also just a disguised spider and yeah it was it was pretty wild um very very fun session we got a ton of xp for it it um really it was a a top tier session it was great fun um I recommend you go watch it if you if you watch one of the Beneath the Boneyard episodes, um, that one in particular. There are a couple that have really stood out to me, and that one was one of them that, that stood out to me as being some, some really high-quality role-playing alongside really great kind of mechanical stuff going on, um, which made it really fun. So yeah, Beneath the Boneyard on Friday night, that game was a lot of fun. So that was Friday night. Saturday morning rolls around and we have our regular Reavers of Tule game. Reavers of Tule, another um super fun campaign. My Berserker Jason, Um very deadly, very dangerous, super badass. Um ended up kind of rushing into this tower because he thought that one of our allies was stuck up there and getting beaten on by Beastmen. And um, Amar, the monk, actually leapt out of the tower and kind of slid down the side of the tower and landed unharmed. But Jason had to rush up there to try to save him. And we had really just a an ongoing back and forth brutal fight. There were um, ghosts that tried to kill a couple of the characters. These kind of weird. um, I can't remember the name of the knockoff Melnabonians right now, but they're the warlocks. um, Tried to not Chimerians. um, I don't know. I'll think of it in a minute. Um, I know that their city is Chromarium. Hyperboreans, of course, they're Hyperboreans because it's Hyperborea. Um, They attacked a couple of our buddies, and we had Beastmen that we were fighting, and Yason, kind of in desperation, composed a poem while he was um, in this sort of lethargic, um, unable or unwilling to act mode that comes after he is... um, after he comes out of his rage, he composed a poem that excited him so much that he went up and fought again, and it was great. And Jason raced after one of the Beastmen who cornered was able to get a lucky shot off and take Jason down, and Jason was bleeding out when Kane, Colin Spike Pitt Green's character, came over and sort of cradled him as Jason Got to say some some last words and put a a bloody handprint on his chest and then collapse and die and it was magnificent. Oh, it was so much fun. A week before, Kevin had killed off my character in the other Tula game. Um, Gwithnod, the the barbarian, died. Gwithnod's death was. Um, not nearly as poetic as Jason's was. I felt like, um, and both of them were a lot of fun and they were fun in different ways. Um, and I, I mentioned to Kevin and I'll mention to you guys, this was like the first time that I had lost, uh, Gwitna's death was basically the first time I had ever lost a PC in RPGs. And so Jason makes number two. Um, yeah, it, uh, It really, it was, it was a ton of fun. It, you know, that, that feeling, you know, that kind of deep ache from loss, really, it was, um, it was really good. And I'm not, I'm not mad or annoyed at all about losing um, Jason, even though I had invested so much into him. I have a a new idea for a character that I'm pretty excited about playing. Um, But I really felt like that, that whole scene, that whole sequence, really, it was, um, not, not to toot my own horn and say that it was role-played excellently, but it was, I think it was role-played in totally the way that made sense for the character. And he, he, you know, went down in a way that totally made sense for him. And that was that. And, you know, he leaves behind, uh, his kind of interesting, his particular mark on the world through his friends, which is really cool. Um, So yes, I lost yet another character in Kevin's games, in Kevin's Thule games. Um, Jason the Berserker is now in the halls of Valhalla. I don't know the name of my new character yet. I haven't um, thought it up yet, but um, yeah, I am, I am excited to play something new and I'm gonna have lots of fun with that and it was a it was really a top tier session. It was so much fun. It was um, I think I I, in particular, both as a player and a GM, really like this idea of engagement with the mechanics that goes alongside role-playing. And to that end, I think one of the things I really liked about these sessions is that the difficult fights make it so that you have to kind of get inside the character's head and think about how are they going to respond to this kind of struggle, this kind of um these kinds of problems and all that sort of stuff alongside the mechanical element of, well, how do I sort of tactically beat these enemies and all that sort of stuff? And I think that that really works for me really well. Um, so, yeah, the the beneath the boneyard and the... Um, the Reavers of Thule session both worked really well for me. And so did Star Trek also, honestly. I mean, it was Star Trek was a great session too. It just wasn't using um, Ash, so it was a little bit different. But I'm going to talk about Star Trek next. So then Sunday rolls around, and we have a Star Trek Adventures game on alternate Sundays. And I have a, a Vulcan medical officer named Teprel, who is part of the the squad, the, um, command mission investigating this ship that has been letting out a distress signal. And then it turns out they were attacked by Romulans in the first firefight. We drove the Romulans off pretty quickly, but then in the second firefight, the Romulans, um, focused fire on Toprel and took her down and Toprel was, uh, bleeding out and dying for a little while. And it was, um, I really for a minute there was sure that I was about to lose yet another character um, in one of Kevin's games. And I I felt um, I think I personally was in shock on some level just to because I didn't expect that level of of. Kind of violence in Star Trek, um, that level of, of heroic suffering, essentially, and um, it took me a little while to to sort of get my head back into that um, Vulcan mindspace, and we we had a little bit of a, a back and forth about, um, you know, I my first thought was okay, well, I need to run, and then I was like, well, I need to to you know act really scared and shocked and in this this mindset that was my mindset and then not really thinking about the fact that, well, this character is supposed to be a Vulcan. They need to respond um, logically and not necessarily passively, but is sort of more emotionless and more um, direct and logical. And so instead of saying, we got to get out of here, we got to get out of here, we got to get out of here, like some uh, scared Uh, like a a scared character to say something like it would be advantageous to re-engage at a position with a, um, better defensive capabilities or something like that. I don't remember exactly what I said, but basically something that was like, yeah, I just got shot, but you know, it's okay. Um, and to be fair, that's also – I am not a um, Star Trek expert, and I, I apologize to the guys for that because I know in my games, it, it wouldn't really bother me if somebody is not an expert on the sort of thing that I'm running. But I know that it can bother some people, and especially when everybody is uh, – sort of setting expert except one player who just doesn't get it that that seems to me like that could get pretty annoying pretty fast and i'm hoping that that's not what it felt like for the guys in the star trek uh, adventures campaign because i had a lot of fun with the star trek adventures campaign and i am having a lot of fun learning about um the world of star trek i'm Um, I've never been a huge Trekkie, but, um, this Star Trek Adventures game is really getting me into Star Trek, which is really cool. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty neat setting in a lot of ways. There's some cool stuff going on anyway. Um, where I was going was to talk about, um, Yeah. It was a fun session. It, it really, I thought I was going to lose another character and I was shocked. I was in shock for a minute there. Um, But we solved it and we had a really fun, there was this kind of extended task, this extended challenge. I don't remember what the the term is, but basically where you have to make a series of die rolls in a row to try to represent a a longer challenge than just a a single task. And that was really cool because it was really just super narratively open. It was just like, well, what do you think should happen next, right? Like Kevin basically said, you know, in the, the film version or the show version, what would be the the interesting thing that happens next, that would be a problem for you guys to solve. And that was super fun. That was, it was super story gamey and I loved it. Um, It really, to me worked, worked really well. And and clearly it worked for Kevin because we ended up talking about it on Twitter afterwards about how that was when he really fell in love with Star Trek adventures and part of why he wants to run some other 2d 20 games again. But yeah, it was it was really uh, a really fun session. Um, I do kind of feel like the um, the lethal injury rules are a little bit just based on my kind of limited understanding of Star Trek. The lethal injury rules seem a little bit um, nasty to me. They seem, although. As, as one of the, the other players, Sean, Sean pointed out, Sean was playing and he basically said, like, yeah, on the show, very few people get shot and stay up. It's really rare. It's it's mostly, you know, one-hit KOs. So it makes sense that the weapons would be deadly. So I don't know. It, it It's kind of the interesting thing that that's sort of interesting back and forth. It's sort of like, how do you model a Star Wars game where the Stormtroopers die in one hit, but and the heroes just happen to not get shot, but you want the danger to be there. You know, you want the stormtroopers to feel dangerous because in the fiction, they're supposed to be pretty dangerous. You know, these blast points too accurate for Sam people, only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise, that sort of thing. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure how you deal with that and how you – and that sort of gets into the idea of um, – genre emulation, which is actually part of what this next episode is going to be about, because I ran two serious genre emulating games um, that I'm going to talk about. Um, So anyway, yeah, Star Trek Adventures was really fun. I'm really glad that Lieutenant Tuprell is still alive and kicking. Um, We're in a little bit of a, a serious problematic position right now in the sense that there are Romulans coming out of the air ducts and coming from all directions and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm sure we're going to figure out something exciting. And um, yeah, Star Trek Adventures, I can't wait for the next session. It's going to be really fun. So a bit of a shorter episode today, only going to be like 20 minutes instead of my like 40 minutes or an hour episodes. But um, yeah, that was the games that I played in over the weekend. All of them were super fun. All of them were run by Kevin Madison, who is a great GM. Um, and is such a nice guy to invite me to play in all his games, especially when I can be a bit of a dick to him about what I try to do in the game. He, he had to tell me no in a couple of games, a couple of different times for what I was, I was, I'm such a fucking metagamer, you know, and I just, you know, come up with these things like, Ooh, this is how I'm going to, I'm going to bend the rules. I'm going to get ahead. I'm going to, you know, do it to him. Um, He's so nice to let me keep playing with him after that, Um, which, yeah, it's just a testament to he's a really nice guy and nice to invite me to his games. And if you're listening to Kevin, thanks so much for inviting me to all your games. I get to play all the time. I post it on Twitter. I'm averaging like an hour a day of RPGs for the year. And that's amazing. That's, That's so cool. I... I feel like it's a whole, you know, it's, it's become a really, you know, central hobby for me and it's so much fun. And I, I wouldn't be able to do it without the help of, um, all of you wonderful people. Um, so thank you. Thanks to Kevin and thanks to you listeners. Um, if you want to hit me up on Twitter or here on Anchor, I am at couch from Powis on Twitter and live from Pelham's Wasteland here on Anchor. Um, I will see you. I've been Arlen Walker. I've been live from Pelham's Wasteland. I will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening.